Blog Talk Radio. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. We'll rock it like you're never going to see us again. Come on over. Come on over. Good evening, everyone. It's 11 p.m. in Pure Gold. is once again live on the air for this May... What is it? The end of May? 31st? Jeez, May... May 31st, 2016. Welcome to the show that covers oh boy. everything. But we haven't been on for about a month and a half, maybe longer. My name oh, is It's been about JP. seven weeks. We we <laughs> actually sorry, so we actually had a show uh, the 5th of April, and we haven't been on since then. So we had to get an episode in that May somehow, so here we are. <laughs> There's definitely plenty to talk about. So, uh, again, this is JB, and my co-host, as always, who would like to interrupt me is uh, DG. Sir, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, sir. Fabulous as always. I'm just going to skip the usual stuff because nobody's listening, so who cares? Let's get to business. Let's get to business. I mean, there's a lot to talk about, so let's let's start with uh, since it's May 31st and it's a good, you know, right after Memorial Day, it's a good barometer to talk about baseball, talk about the Mets, and talk about just baseball in general. So, sir, we've had a lot uh, going on for the last uh, six weeks, and now we could just talk about the Mets, how they're doing. I obviously overreacted when the Mets started out very piss poor, and now they're back in it. Uh, obviously. <laughs> definitely. Obviously, definitely, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the scum New York Mets. Explain this to me, right? All this yeah, stuff go going on with Matt Harvey, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But please explain to me what the hell just happened tonight with Steven Matz. Like, he completely just fell apart. It's unbelievable. It's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm done. I'm listening to the ra- the game on the radio, uh, trying to look for parking because, you know, I can never find parking in my damn house. But that's a whole other side story. Right. I could do like a 30-minute rant curse job on that. But anyway, so I'm waiting. I'm listening to Harry Rose basically saying that he got enraged with himself. He completely lost his focus. Um, I forget the guy's name, but he stole second and third on like consecutive pitches, which is disgusting. But that's a whole, again, a whole other story. Um, and then all of a sudden he's throwing the rosin bag all over the place and they take him out. Like, how the hell do you fall apart? You're up four nothing and you just completely fall apart. Like this guy who's you know seven and one, this was you know he's face seven and one, one of the better pitchers in baseball. And then all of a sudden this friggin' bum, this absolute friggin' bum, says, you know what? Screw this, I'm done. And I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. But how is how do you you're a professional you're a big league pitcher how do you just lose it and just basically get pissed at yourself and give up and you get taken on the fifth inning when you already had two outs and you fell apart explain that to me yeah it's hard to explain that and the guy's having a great season so far seven and one and um, you know you would think that the Mets minus I guess Matt Harvey which we should talk about too I, I think the Mets have been playing pretty decent but I think their offense um, is very hit or miss as we we've talked about off the air. The Mets are basically a home run or nothing team. It seems like they do a very bad job of of moving runners along, like the Kansas City Royals did last year. You want that kind of you know kind of baseball, especially when you get closer to the postseason. But first, you have to get there, obviously, definitely, maybe. Uh, and the Mets right maybe. now, while they have great starting pitching, well, they could have great starting pitching. And now that Matt Harvey pitched a great performance yesterday, 
I, I just feel like the Mets have some serious issues. And uh, what, what do you think is the biggest concern going into the first two months of baseball? What do you think the biggest concern going forward for the Mets is? I think the biggest concern, honestly, would have to be the starting pitching. I mean, you, you know, I've already told you, I and I said this to other people too, I absolutely despise the fact that the Mets are a home run or nothing team. Um, but you know what? It looks like Matt Harvey had a great, had a really good start yesterday. His first one of the year where you could say, wow, Matt actually looked really good. He got, you know, seven innings, uh, looked good, struck people out, you know, one or two walks or whatever. So it's good to see that. But I think their biggest concern is, you know, the, the pitchers getting their heads on straight. All the injuries they have, I would have to say, would be a big thing, sir. I mean, it's really just, it's unreal the amount of uh, errors, errors, excuse me. It's unreal the amount of uh, injuries they have. It's like out of control. I mean, how can really you, you get James Loney now playing first, Duke is out. You know, David Wright, I think, needs to retire, honestly. He's got so many problems. I mean, you know, how are the Mets going to handle this year, sir? How are they going to be able to make it if with all this going on? And I, I think that's the glaring thing is that they're – their offense really does concern me because, again, they are home run or nothing, and now you have a major injury at third base and a, a pretty big injury, obviously, at first base. And those are your two obviously, positions that you have. Maybe. You're supposed to have power in those two positions, and uh, now you have, like, a backup Loney playing first base, and you have Flores playing third base. Uh, I, I think that this pitching is going to be okay, the starting pitching. The bullpen's another issue, uh, all in itself. I, I think that this bullpen. Well, I don't think the bullpen. I don't think the bullpen is is that bad, sir. I mean, they've actually gotten the job done. The one I don't like, and I'm not a huge fan of, is Familia. And I don't know uh, Neil from Belleville gave you that stat the other day about he had, and I still I think it's actually still going on, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't think he's blown a save, but I mean, he he's just totally unreliable when he comes into a game with a Mets up more than a run. And it's like you can't you can't count on this guy. I mean, he just sucked it up the other day. And that's up. I think was it four runs or something that Mets brought him in, and he he yep. scummed it up. I mean, he's just not a reliable pitcher. He's not a reliable closer in in that respect. Yeah, you know, he gets he seems to get the job done, but he's always getting putting guys on base. He's always you know three. It seems like he's always going you know first and second nobody out. It's just too much, sir. It's too much. Is it possible that we're so short sighted that? We only see that obviously we're Mets fans. I mean, is there is there a solid closer in the game of baseball right now? That's just a lockdown closer. I mean, I, I can't name one if if you tell me one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. And I think that's the problem. You don't have any sort of uh, uh, I don't know. You don't really have anybody out there. You can say there's no Mariano Rivera or you know Billy Wagner is prime. So I mean, at the end of the day, what are you really going to do? And bullpens tend to be fickle from one year to the next, and players and whatnot. But I mean, their bullpen hasn't been. A, I don't think it's been a weakness, to be honest with you. It just it's, it scares me. That's all. Yeah, and um, again, if unless you're the Yankees bullpen, which has a great seven, eight, and nine, uh, which the, the Mets are probably using the playoffs, um, the Mets are going to be fine in the pitching department because think about it, they're they're just going to need three starting pitchers, and the other pitchers will go to the bullpen, and Wheeler still hasn't come up yet, which he's about a month away. So I think pitching is not an issue. I just think that the Mets need to find some players that can play some small ball if they're not going to. I mean, no, I agree Cespedes with that. Have, yeah, Cespedes is having a great year. 
Oh, he's having an amazing year. Well, getting back to Zach Wheeler, I don't think you can count on him. Like, yeah, he's going to come back, but I don't think you can count on him. You know, I'm not. I'm, I'm honestly not. And speaking of great year, let's talk about Neil Walker for a second. We can get to Cespedes in a minute. But how good has Neil Walker been? I mean, this guy has been unreal. Yeah, for, he was a little slow for May. Didn't get a lot of home runs. But, I mean, he's hit four this month. He's got, um, what is it? How many home runs does he have? Thirteen? Thirteen home oh, runs. Yep. He's hit yep. yeah, he, he's hit five from the right side. And you know, this guy came over here with the thing of, you know, he he can't hit right handed. He's terrible right handed. He's been great right handed. He's been hitting it for power. He's hit more home runs in two months with the Mets than he's hit in the last like three or four years as a right handed batter, which is unbelievable because the Mets apparently found a little uh, kink in his in his uh hitch in his step where he was doing a toe tap, which he does from the left side, if you ever notice. But apparently, he was also doing it from the right-hand side, and they took that away from him. He really just kind of lifts his foot now. It's it's a, it's a different um, batting stance, you know, follow-through if you watch it from the left side to the right side. But, I mean, he's been unbelievable. He's been great, you know. He, this guy has been, has been you know, all that and more. He's been great at second base. He's been an absolute, you know, as the as the people like to say, the kids like to say, an absolute revelation at second. Um, double plays with his dribble Cabrera, who's been another great pickup. I, you know, honestly, I loved the Cabrera pickup from day one. I thought it was great. I remember talking to you about it. But he's this guy's been one of the MVPs of the team. I mean, he's batting close to three hundred. He's got you know quite a few homers, RBIs, et cetera, et cetera. He's been great. Like you said, Cespedes has been unbelievable. The guy has – we're two months into the season, Joe. Cespedes has 15 home runs and 36 RBI. I mean, he's picked up exactly where he started when he came to this team last year. He's been great. Conforto's been great. I mean, you know, Walker has been has been unreal. It's just, you know, rights injury prone, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and Walker's got 13 homers, 25 RBI, batting 273 or 270. I mean, he's been he's been really good, sir. Um, honestly, I wish the Mets could re-sign this guy. He's proved he can play in New York. He's proved he's a clutch player. I mean, he's proved he can buy right-handed. I, I love it. I would love it if the Mets won and they kept Walker around for a couple more years. I mean, you know, Dilson Herrera's in the minor leagues or whatever, but this guy hasn't hit when they've brought him up. So Walker's a sure thing. I'd say keep Neil Walker, sir. What do you say? Do you think Walker is having a great year because it's his walk year? I mean, no, that's a good No, I don't. I think that's fun, right? Yeah, Walker. It's his walker year. Yeah. No, I don't think it's because it's his walk year because he's always been a good player. He really has. The, the, thing, that, the thing is, you can't say, oh, well, you can't even use that as any sort of uh, barometer because all of a sudden he can hit right-handed. So you're telling me he had to wait till he was about to become a free agent, and now he's learned to hit from the right side? You know, it's something deeper than that. And he's been great. Like I said, you know, between him, Cabrera, Cespedes, Conforto, the Mets have a solid offense in some respects. But, man, you know, getting back to the point earlier, those, you know, home run or nothing, it'll drive you nuts, sir. Um, do you think – I mean, do you think we'd be happier – I mean – if we had, I mean, we talked about it, but if we had Uribe on the team playing third base while Wright, his career is pretty much dwindling down, I mean, I think we'd be really happy with Uribe. I still don't understand why the Mets didn't re-sign him. I know Kelly Johnson's not doing that great, but I don't understand bringing Diaz in here. I don't understand the fact that they didn't do much on the bench. You know, Flores was supposed to be a bench player. He's been terrible this year, but at the end of the day, you could have brought back Uribe. You know, that guy's a winner. He can hit. He's clutch. Makes no sense why he's not back. He could have been playing third base right now, and I'd have no issues with that. I definitely don't like the idea of, you know, Ty 
whatever the hell his name is, Ty Kelly, Ty Law, Tyron Lou, you know, with David Blatt, whatever the hell the guy is at their base. I don't like that. They sent down Campbell. He sucks, too. It's just, you know, the Mets bench is not deep, and they've been forced to play more than they should. So it's a little scary, sir. So, Matt Harvey, I mean, you, you said after yesterday's pitching performance, he's back. I mean, I'm not sold just well, yet. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, of course, I'm, I'm just trying to harass you and, you know, rip you a new one. But I think that the fact that he had such a good performance yesterday, his first one of the year where you could say, wow, it's been his Matt Harvey. And supposedly yep. they found, um, you know, a flaw in his delivery. You know, maybe that's all it was, and hopefully he'll get back to normal. I mean, I'm sure his confidence has, has been shot, but – you know, one good game like that, it'll, it'll start to boost you again. And if if he can be back to vintage Matt Harvey, then I tell you, that brings the Mets into a new stratosphere. But, again, they still need to – the thing is they still need to get, um, you know, some some extra help. They still need to get some, some people on the bench, sir. Do you think that DeGrom, does, that, does his speed being um, what, it was, what it wasn't last year, do you think that's an issue for you? Um, I don't think it's much of an issue because he's still finding ways to win. I think if Harvey's back, like I said, I think the key is Harvey. If Harvey can be Harvey, you're close to it, then the Mets will be fine. If not, then, you know, you're going to be counting on Wheeler again coming off injury, and I don't think that that's very a logical place to start, to be honest with you. Then, then why, do you, why do you think the Mets are two games out of first place and not two games in first place? I mean, why do you think the Mets are not clicking on all cylinders yet? Is it because Matt Harvey hasn't had a good – first uh, couple months? I think that's a big part, and I think the fact that the injuries have, you know, slowed them down. I mean, you know, you were panicking over the first couple of games of the year, like the schmuck that you are, but, you know, they're they're right there. They're right in the thick of it, sir, and, you know, Washington, I think, will slow down, but the Mets just have to keep pace with them. A, a loss like tonight's lo- uh, loss, I mean, that's, tonight, tonight was a brutal loss. Stuff like that doesn't help you. It doesn't help your, um, you know, to be, to feel confident in this team, sir. Why don't we just uh, give the teaser out now because you broke it to me yesterday. What kind of guests are we looking to book uh, on the Mets front? Oh, well, we're trying, again, trying. There's been some contact made with the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, the the all-time great Pete McCarthy. Yeah, oh, Pete okay. McCarthy, who does the Mets, uh, you know, post game and when a pregame and all that stuff on WR seven seven ten WR. So I mean, he, you know, he's he's willing, he's willing, he's into it, he wants to do it. Um, I reached out to him on Facebook, but his problem, which is totally legit, uh, legitimate, is the fact that like he's probably doing the post game now or just finishing up the post game. So when the Mets are playing their regular schedule, he can't come on the show because he's actually working. So he tells me August when. Um, you know, maybe the Mets are away or whatever, and it's not an, an issue there in California. But you know, we got to see, sir. <laughs> Explain this to me before we get off the Mets topic. How is it possible? And I'm not counting 1969 because that's like three lifetimes ago. Explain to me how the one shining yeah, moment awful. for the Mets was 1986, and how the Mets decide not to televise the 1986 celebration on TV. <laughs> it was on their website. <laughs> But they 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 totally foobar the whole thing, and people are like, Where, "Where's where's the you know the ceremony? I can't find it on TV. I'm one of those people that can't find it on TV, only to find out that it's only on Mets.com. How bad was that? The Mets are ass backwards. They've always been ass backwards, and they're always going to continue to be ass backwards. And you know they win in spite of their ownership, not because of them. So it, that doesn't surprise me. I heard Mike talking about it today, and one of the many things he was ranting about. So nothing surprises me at this point, sir. Yeah, he was definitely ranting on that gorilla. 
uh, and that kid for about a good hour. <laughs> yeah, that was some good stuff. I mean, I haven't seen the video or whatever. I've heard about it. But, you know, I agree with him. I thought he made a good my – wife, my wife loathes uh, Mike Francesa, but I told her today, and I actually never got a chance to tell her what the hell I was talking about. I was like, oh, you would love what Mike is talking about. She's like, really? The fact that, like he said, you become a parent, I mean, you know, you'd risk your life for your kid. You'd jump in there to save your kid. Plenty of dads have done it. I'm sure moms would do it, you know – get mauled by a freaking gorilla just to try to save your child. And, you know, you know thank yeah. God that somebody was smart enough to put that gorilla down. And, you know, it, it, it sucks. It really does that stuff like this happens, and I'm no animal, you know, killer. I'm, and I'm not down with that, you know, dog fighting and all that stuff. I don't like that. As a matter of fact, when I was a kid, I remember going to rooster fights in Puerto Rico with my dad, and I always hated it. I was pretty much forced against my will to be there, but I hated the, you know, roosters attacking each other pecking each other to death, which I always thought was sick and twisted, and the fact that people watch it and put money on it, it's just absolutely ludicrous, but only only on pure gold, folks, can it go from uh, gorillas attacking, possibly attacking children, to deadly rooster fights, but that's how we roll, because we talk about anything and everything, and we tell it like it is, but aside from that, um, I just think that you got to value human life over the life of an animal, I'm sorry, and you know what's sick about this world? You have Christians being tortured and murdered and executed in other countries. You have all these abortions, all these terrible things. You know, uh, was it uh, Dr. Gosnell who was uh, aborting children uh, unsafely and, you know, all this murder and everything this guy's down with. And you know how I see people in an uproar over that, but they're in an uproar over freaking Seas of the Lion. They're in an uproar over a damn gorilla, you know, oh, you could have stopped it. I'm sorry. Like Mike said, the fact that – let's go a little Mike Francesa here. The fact that the the – zoo attendants, whatever you call them, zookeepers, weren't willing to go in there and stop him or, you know, whatever the case is, it shows you how dangerous he is. They have security protocols in place. Basically, it's like, you know, don't go in there until someone's dead. And, you know, they put the gorilla down because they had to, not because they're trying to be mean. And, you know, what? human life is more important than animal life. I'm sorry. So I just, I can't deal with the stupidity of people. And, you know, Mike, uh, Mike said it today. He really, uh, he really took care of uh, business oh, there. Oh, uh, is that all? <laughs> is that all? Is that all? You know, you know I thought uh, Mike was it, sir. Oh, what's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. <laughs> that is awesome, by the way. I would love to hear Mike talk about Pure Gold. Again, you gotta call again before he he retires, sir. You gotta get him to talk about Pure Gold on the air. Say, hey, uh, Mike, uh, you know Evan Roberts on my show? Evan. Who? Evan who? <laughs> Roberts. Evan Roberts. You know when I had that call with him, he started thinking to himself, man, if I retire and I don't have to do this five-and-a-half-hour crap every day, Monday through Friday, I could do these podcasts like these bozos are doing and get paid millions because uh, we know that's the future <laughs> uh, of radio. Gold. <laughs> well, he talks about it all the time how it's the future of radio, so, I mean, I think that's uh, legit, sir. I don't think yeah, there's so. any uh, ifs, ands, or buts about that. Definitely got the idea from us. So uh, you know, oh, yeah. if you do get to if you do get to watch that video, it's it's actually incredible to think that they let this gorilla in with this kid for a good ten minutes before they they took action. I mean, like I said, ten seconds would have been enough for me to be like, shoot the gorilla now before he decides to do something. Because, Boom. Yeah, I mean. Let me ask you: if your daughter who shall remain listen, let, let's your daughter who shall remain nameless here, here going forward, because you know none of these freaks on the internet need to know our real names or our wives' names or whatever the case is. But if your daughter, let's just call her, uh, you know, Sally. <laughs> if she falls into a pit, you're with your wife, who again shall remain nameless, 
and you go to the zoo and your daughter falls in. What what and you know, be honest, no no jokes, all jokes aside, you know, it's a pure goal, we joke around, we say stupid things. What would you do as a parent? I mean, literally, your your child is in there, their life is in danger. What do you do? Yeah, I don't even think twice about it. I'm I'm in there, I'm jumping in and going to get her or at least saving her life for mine if if that's gonna be the case because that's what the definition of a parent is, is to look out for your kid at all costs. And something like that, I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate what happened to the girl, but it had to be it had to happen because, you know, that boy was not going to that boy was not going to live much longer than 10 more minutes after with that gorilla. Yeah, if the gorilla gets wild, what if he thinks someone's coming in, feels threatened or whatever? You know, it yep. tears the boy to shreds. You just you can't these animal rights activists are idiots and they're morons and they're losers. And not to mention the fact that most of them probably are in parents because they, you know, sleep with their, their cats in their bed. I mean, you know, he's just a total idiot. It'd be a complete moron to think like that. And, you know, like I said, if you're a parent, you know, the deal, your kid comes first, their life over yours. That's just what being a parent's all about, you know, laying down your life. If you have to, you know, yeah, I'll take a bullet for my kid, but uh, I'm not going to take a, a beating from a girl. Come on, I mean, it's just it's it's absolutely stupid. But anyway, we spent enough time talking about that, sir. Um, why don't we talk about something even dumber than that? And the fact that somebody predicted that the uh, in the basketball world that the Oklahoma State Thunder would beat the uh, Golden State Warriors in a playoff. Series. Lock it up, sir. Lock it up. Listen, let, let, let's talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder for a second. First of all, if you're a fan of the Oklahoma City Thunder, you should punch yourself in the face and go walk into oncoming traffic. You know, not of course if they're going to kill you, but maybe just get hit by it and roll around a little bit. I mean, absolute garbage, waste of space. Kevin Durant is is pure scum. Russell Westbrook is an idiot. I love the fact that these guys are sitting there laughing about, you know, hey, is uh, Steve, uh, Steph Curry, I'll call him Steve Curry. Is Steve Curry uh, a great defender? And they're laughing in the guy's face. And you know what? He torched those sorry asses. Again, that's offense, but absolutely obliterated them last night. The fact that they were off three games to one, it is a joke. It is a travesty. It is a waste of space. They make me sick. They make me want to puke. I mean, absolute garbage. How the hell do you lose this series? And I'm not trying to take anything away from Golden State. I'm really not. But that's yep. exactly the sentiment of all people in Oklahoma City and all over the world. I, w- I, I, I could never be a fan of a team like this. As a matter of fact, you know what? Uh, I'm going to do this because uh, th- she's from Oklahoma. Hey, this is Morgan Willard, Miss Oklahoma USA 2010, and you're listening. That's enough, Morgan. You shut your mouth. Um, no, I'm just kidding, Morgan. I love you. We love you. You're empirical. You're always welcome back. Anyway, so the fact that, you you know, you're a fan of this team, I mean, go to hell. It's like being a fan of the Mets and getting kicked in the, the junk repeatedly over and over and over again. But Oklahoma City cannot get the job done. They can't win. This is a loser franchise, a loser organization. Kevin Durant will never win the title. Russell Westbrook will never win a, win a title while they're on this damn team. They need to blow it up, change the name, you know, become the Charlotte Hornets, do something. But I, they make me sick. Three, uh, three to one, sir. You blew the freaking scumbag Warriors out two games in a row to get to three to one, and you can't close the deal. What the hell? What kind of garbage? And it just, it drives me nuts. It absolutely makes me sick. 
And I totally 100% root against the Golden State Warriors. I want them to lose. I don't like Steph Curry, which is weird. You would think that he's a conservative, he's a Christian, he's this and that. I should root for him. I actually root against those guys, which makes no sense. That's a whole other side note. I'm going to go ranting in the next five minutes. But it just pisses me off, sir. It absolutely pisses me off. I don't even like basketball. That's the worst part about this whole thing. And I still get pissed off. I mean, you tell me, what, what a joke. What an absolute joke the Oklahoma City Thunder is. They can go to hell where they belong. I thought Oklahoma City played a good Shame first. on you! The first four That's games were how really we fighting. feel. Wait, hold on. What, what, what's this? That's exactly that what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, no. We have to dub that in there. Wait, hold on. The there you go. The, the, the real problem is that, like I told you, uh, the Oklahoma Play, City Thunder. <laughs> we need to. If you're Oklahoma, you need to close them out in game six. That was your opportunity right there. And for you to let them come back and, and win three straight games on you, that, that's, that's a joke. That's that is bad. They, they, yeah, they should, you know what? They, they, what do you think is worse, getting swept by the damn Warriors or losing the way they did? I would say losing the way they did is worse. They should have just lost all four games, not even shown up. And you know what? To tell you what kind of sore loser I am. If I'm Kevin Durant, if I'm Russell Westbrook, you know, they cut the game to four. I'm watching the last few minutes of the game. No point that I think the Thunder were going to win. Just FYI, I'm watching this freaking thing, and I'm thinking, well, the, the Warriors could be blindfolded. They'd still be winning this game. But when they got up to about 10 or 12, and then all of a sudden it's back to four, and then, you know, boom, three-pointer, 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 three-pointer right up your butthole. I'm just so disgusted with this team. I, I would have taken the damn basketball, thrown it as hard as I could on the ground, probably pulled a knife out and popped it, and just walked off the damn field. I would have, excuse me, not the field, the court. I would have walked off the court and given everybody the middle finger and, and flipped everyone the bird, proverbially, of course, not for real, and just left. I would have been so pissed off at myself and my team for being pure crap and losing that game. I honestly, I'm still stunned that Oklahoma City couldn't, you couldn't win one game out of three after blowing them out. They could they couldn't even get the job done. They, that's a loser franchise, sir. What's crazy now is that I mean we know that the East is so weak that I mean you could have basically said at the beginning of the year have the Cleveland Cavaliers play whoever comes out of the West, and now you have a rematch yep. of the finals from last year. Yep, except that the the Indians, uh, <laughs> the Cleveland Indians, aka the Cavaliers, <laughs> are a better team than they were last year. How about that, sir? They're they are better and. Uh, I know that you're not big on LeBron James when you compare him to, Le- you know, to Michael Jordan, but the guy is in the sixth straight final, albeit he hasn't won the yeah. three. Go ahead. Right. I mean, look, let me put it this way. I was thinking about this today. You know, oh, we're going to do a show tonight, blah, blah, blah. But I've learned to appreciate LeBron James for exactly what he is. And to me, again, he'll never be Michael Jordan. And I think that's ultimately what the problem is, is the reason people either hate on him or whatever the case is. Look, what he did – with the whole decision, I don't think that did him any favors. That's the reason I started to dislike him. But I love yeah. the fact that he ended up going back to Cleveland. I love the fact that, you know, he's a Cavalier now. And I'd like him to win a title. I'm going to be rooting for him this year for sure against uh, Stephen Curry and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Clay Thompson and all these guys definitely rooting against uh, the Warriors. I want them to, to – I want the, the Heat the – heat. I want the Cavaliers to win this damn series badly – but I don't, I don't care who who wins, whether it's the Heat, whether it's the Cavaliers, whether it's the Brooklyn Nets. I just want the Warriors to lose, you know. And I look at LeBron James and, you know, his talent and everything. And, again, he's not the type of take control, you know, assassinate you type like Michael Jordan. 
He doesn't have that killer instinct like Kobe Bryant, but, I mean, he's a hell of a ball player. He's built a career for himself, and he has done things that a lot of other players could not do. The fact that he's taken these teams, like Mike was saying today, single-handedly, basically, teams who had no business being in the finals, A, it shows you how terrible the East is, like you said before, and B, it shows you how great he is, that he can basically carry a t- dead wood on his back, 11 other pieces of crap on his back to the finals, drag them there to get across the finish line. I mean, the fact that he's 2-3 and three in the finals, probably going to be 2-4, and four, that doesn't bode well. But at the end of the day, I mean, still, he's made it to six straight finals. He went to the finals all four years he was in Miami, South Beach. Um, you know, the guy is definitely one of the all-time greats, no doubt. I think when you start comparing all he's but the best of all time, I, to me that's debatable because I think that, A, the heat, the heat, damn it, I keep saying the heat, the East is so bad. If you were to take Michael Jordan, you were to basically flip-flop him with Jordan in his prime. Again, basketball is different now than it was back then. But Jordan in his prime now, he probably could have done the same thing that LeBron did. As a matter of fact, I say he would guarantee that he would single-handedly take a team to the finals, probably not win again because you can't win if you don't have any talent around you. But the East is that bad. Back in the day when Michael was around, I mean, the Celtics were great. Larry Bird was around, you know, white magic. Um, the Knicks were really good. I know fans are baffled at that. They can't believe that the Knicks were ever good. But the Knicks were a great team in the mid to late 90s. I mean, absolutely. I remember them being in the thick of it every year, battling out with the Pistons, battling out with another great team in the 90s, battling it out with the Bulls. I mean, just awesome teams, the Hawks, Dominique Wilkins, you know, I mean, the Rockets are great. Again, that's the West, but regardless, basketball was, was in the East was a, was a fierce thing. It was great, great basketball to be played, sir, and you know it better than I do because you're a, b- a bigger basketball fan, but at the end of the day, in that era, I don't think LeBron did then, could have done then what, he did, what he's doing now, and that's the thing with me, like, I think that your your whole argument, and I don't, I, I don't want to get into that, but, you know, again, it's not really about is he the greatest of all time. It's just he's great. He's one of the all-time greats, and he's doing things that other people have not done. Again, I think other people could do it, but the point is that he's made it six straight years. You know, his team has a chance to win. They're there. I'm hoping they win. Sir. Uh, give us a prediction. Is LeBron going to finally get the job done this year in terms of, uh, you know, with Cavaliers or no? I think the team is definitely better this year than last year because of the – the team is healthier because they have Kyrie Irving and and Love uh, are both healthy. And but brother I Love, think, man. I I just think it's going to be hard to cover these guys. Like you have to like be on these guys at all time. Like Clay Thompson and Curry could throw up a three, even if you're in their face. I mean, I've never seen like a three point shooting assassin team like this. You know? Well, I, re- I watched the game last night. I mean, you know, the- these guys are making shots with guys literally in their face trying to block, and they can't. So I can totally understand that, and you're uh, absolutely right about that, sir. If, if the if the Warriors are on just like they were on last night in game uh, five and six, um, I think the Cavaliers are going to lose in six or seven games. I think look the fact that LeBron James is on the other side of the court, the best player in the game right now, um, I think that you know you got to give them at least one or two wins. They're not going to get swept. I think LeBron right, last year. Right. I mean, look at look at last year. They went to six games with just LeBron James, and this year they have a healthier team. So uh, I'm still going to pick the the Golden State Warriors because they got the home field advantage, the home court advantage. Um, I just think that home field, it's going to yeah. be better. Right. It's going to be a better series than last year, even though it went six last year. It's probably going to go six again this year, but uh, it's going to be a more entertaining series, is my prediction. Yeah, no, I can see that. You know, and at the end of the day, let's get to the, the you know, white elephant. Let's talk about um, or the black mamba, I guess. Let's talk about this whole thing, which, again, we've been so out of the loop for so long. 
Let's talk about yeah, the joke, Ryan. the absolute embarrassment, the absolute disgrace. No, <laughs> that is his nickname, but no. The absolute disgrace of Steph Curry, a.k.a. Steve Curry, being oh. the un- the first ever, the only unanimous MVP in NBA history. I mean, to me, that is an absolute joke. Michael Jordan is ten times the player he is. LeBron is five times the player he is. Magic, all these guys. And I'm not trying to knock Steph Curry. You know, he's great offensively. He's been great. He's, he's you know, hell of a three-point shooter. But this the fact that every single writer voted for him is a joke. It's a testament to his personality more than anything else because Michael Jordan had some all-time great years. LeBron James, who, who people hate and probably purposely vote against him just to make sure he was never a unanimous MVP. Like, if he couldn't be unanimous MVP, there's no chance in hell that, um, you know, Steve Curry should be, not to be confused with Steve Kerr, by the way, um, that he should be unanimous MVP. And to me, it's a disgrace that after all these guys, and I don't think it was around when, when Bill Russell was around, but all these guys who've been MVP before, none of them deserve to be MVP, but yet this guy did it in a year where, you know what, if you take him off the Golden State Warriors, they don't win 73, but they probably still, they're going to make it to the playoffs. You take If you take um, LeBron James off the Cavaliers, they lose 95 games, and they only play, oh, go to hell. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was either either Russell or Will Chamberlain, but when you average 50 points in a, in a year, that means if you score right. 40 points one game, you have to score 60 just to get back to your 50 average. Um, and you don't get the unanimous, <laughs> unanimous MVP. I don't understand how Steph Curry got it at all, unless, you, like you said, they just like the guy. But the guy, is all he is is really a three-point assassin. I mean, right. I, I think he's an, he's an okay defender, but he's not like Michael Jordan-type right. defender. I don't think he could block shots like, like a LeBron James can. Um, so for him to win unanimous MVP is a total joke. That uh, I mean, I don't understand it. I don't know why what the writers were thinking when they decided to do that, but that that is a complete and utter joke. Yeah, it, and again, I'm not. This is what I love about my personality. I get enraged over these things. I'm not even a basketball fan. I could care less about basketball. But yeah, when I heard he was the first ever unanimous MVP, I got absolutely. I became bloodthirsty and enraged. The stupidest thing ever. How do you give a unanimous MVP to anyone if you don't give it to a Michael Jordan? If you don't give it to a LeBron James? If you actively look for ways to not vote for LeBron James, and yet you're going to give it to Steph Curry, who's not even a, really a complete basketball player, and that's He's what not. pisses me off. And again, if you take him off that team, they're still going to the playoffs. How is he an MVP? How is he, you know, unanimous anyway? I mean, LeBron, hell of a year for LeBron. But again, take him off that team, they're going nowhere. Even with, you know, Kyrie uh, Irving and uh, what's his face, Love. Love. There's just no way that, yeah. What's that? What's his first name? I forget. I'm drawing uh, a blank dude, here. I think. What the hell is his first name? Uh, Anyway, so Brother Love and and Dude Love and Cactus Jack and all these guys and uh, Julius Irving, I mean, these freaking guys, (laughs) you take them off this team. I mean, you take uh, Stephen Curry off this team, they're still going to win. They're still going to go to the playoffs. The playoffs, what are you talking about, playoffs? That's what pisses me off, sir, is it's, it's an absolute joke where people act like this how can you be unanimous MVP when you're not even the best player in the league? Clearly he's not better than LeBron James. I'm sorry. He's not. And the fact that, again, you take him off the team. What is he MVP of? How is he the most valuable player to his team? Come on. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But let's get off the basketball topic. And let's, uh, let me ask you one question because you're a semi-Nick fan. I mean, do you do you, do you like the signing of uh, Jeff Hornacek <laughs> as your head coach? Well, the, it's not even official yet, is it? No, they haven't announced it yet. 
Yeah, so, I mean, let's wait till they announce it. I just want to know what the hell Phil Jackson is smoking because this guy in his triangle offense, I mean, can he try a different shape? Is that possible? <laughs> can we try a, possibly an, an octagonal offense? I mean, can we try a trapezoid offense? I don't understand why the rhombus is not in play. Why is it only the triangle? And what is the triangle exactly? Is it just three guys in three corners passing the ball to each other, you know, floating around like fairies? That's the thing that gets me is that this guy is stuck in one type of offense and he has to be, you know, triangle. If that's the case, then why don't you just – Phil, Phil, are you listening, Phil? Of course not because nobody's listening. Why don't you just come into retirement or whatever the hell, your self-imposed exile – and just coach the team if he wants to try to go offense that bad. I just want to know what Jeff Hornacek is going to do, and I want to know if uh, he's going to bring back Isaiah Thomas. That's what I want to know, sir. <laughs> Good question. Uh, the only thing I have to say about basketball, too, since I'm not a Knicks fan, uh, that's you know that, that that organization is a total joke. I thought the the Mets and the Islanders were jokes, but you know you got the Knicks in town, so they're the real joke. Uh, but the Celtics, I mean, oh wait, when wait, they wait, wait, yeah, wait. Hold on. You mentioned the Islanders. We got to talk about uh, hockey for a second because you are an Islanders fan after all. And it's you know, it's never you've never brought it up in the, in the history of this show. You've never brought it up. The only reason I even know you're an Islanders fan is because I've been friends, I've been friends with you for like 20 years. So you've brought it up like once in, in the entire time that I've known you. But uh, continue, yeah. sir. Just don't forget we got to go. To, we got to talk about hockey for a second. Your team, the Icelanders, go. Yeah, I mean they they won one series and they they totally. Uh, I, I, they didn't show up in the second round against the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, although the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, put up a good fight against the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. I think the Islanders just still lack one or two scores, and and and, and they think they need a, a better goalie that they had. Um, their their real goalie Halak was actually injured towards the end of the year, and they had a backup goalie uh, Todd Greasy, and um, you know they had a good run in terms of winning a playoff series. They haven't won a playoff series since 1993, so they, they accomplished one little thing there, and uh, hopefully next year they're a little bit better. Yeah, Awesome. Good talk. Uh, that's hockey, folks. That's the pure <laughs> gold hockey analysis. That's the extent of hockey. <laughs> but in terms of basketball, right, sir, um, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you want to take a break, or you want to finish this up, or what are we doing here? We, uh, you know, yeah. we, don't, we don't have actual staff here, so you know, we got to make decisions on the fly. Well, we're going to take a break after this one little thing. I just want to say that the when the Celtics trade away my favorite uh, Celtic, Paul Pierce, uh, of this generation, and uh, a couple other people like This Kate is Alicia me. from WSU Wrestling, and you need to tune into Pure Gold every week, the best talk radio out there. So make sure you listen to me and other guests at puregoldpg.com. Hi, I'm Anna Prosser, Miss Oregon USA 2011 and professional video gaming personality, and you're listening to Pure Gold Radio. Hey, this is Blanca from Group One Crew, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Hey, folks, we're back here with Pure Gold. <laughs> All right, so, let's, so let's talk wrestling. <laughs> would not go over well on the radio, on the real radio, with the fact that I despise Boomer and Carter, which is the whole of the story. But these guys, they insult, um, what's his name? Jerry Hornacek? Jerry Recco? Yeah. They insult this guy left and right, all this stuff. They're cracking up. They're complete idiots, by the way, just laughing about stupid things. You're telling me that they they have this great show with this great following, and with the, with the content that we have and the insults and the, and the jokes, we couldn't, come on, we'd have a great show, sir. We'd have an absolutely great show. 
when you compare our show to their show, we actually have more range than they do. I mean, we we went to oh, totally. got Miss. We have Miss Americas. We we talk politics. We talk. They never talk politics. They they talk about everything they think they do. Yeah, but Donald I think Trump. We, we have a better. Name. Yeah. So this is what I think when I listen to their show, which I don't even know when I listen. Oh, speaking of which, total sign on. I gotta throw this out there. Do you you talk about Miss USA or you said Miss America? You know Rima Faki, who was uh, Miss USA in 2010, um, the one who ousted Morgan Wallard as the top dog. You remember yeah. her, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you know that there was an article recently? I don't know if you read it, but she converted to Christianity um, a couple weeks ago. Was this before or after the booze? No, this was way after the booze, but she was getting married, so she, she converted from a... She was, apparently, she was Muslim, but she wasn't exactly a huge, uh, you know, Muslim. It wasn't a big part of her life, I guess. She converted later on in life, but now she is a Christian, so I just want to throw that out there. I believe she's getting married or she got married, so I just wanted to, you know, say congrats to her on that. But, uh, th- yeah, our show has a lot of range. We talk about... We really do talk about anything and everything. That was our tagline originally. I mean... We can hang with the best of them, sir, in terms of talking smack. Yeah, we just need that one. Um, we just need that one listener that will be like, you know what? I bet these guys will be just as good as Boomer and Carton. And you know, you have some insight. This could be Carton. better than Boomer and Carton. Better than Boomer and Carton. Give me a two-minute rant, and then I have we have to talk about wrestling. Give me a two-minute quick rant about how your your actual real job um, does does business with with Craig Carton, and tell us the real story behind Boomer Sison. Go. Well, I can't get into that because I, there's legalities involved, and I don't want to get fired, or you know, my boss finds out about this. But uh, I've heard some things, uh, shall we say, not not such great things about Boomer Siason. And all I can tell you is that Craig Carn is an absolute cheap tipper because he tried to tip someone I know. Again, I don't want to name names, but I heard stories where he tried to tip someone. I think he gave like five bucks to someone for bringing them bringing them some merchandise, uh, shall we say. And the person wow. pretty much just laughed it off and left. I mean, absolute cheapo scumbag. You know how I feel about Craig Carn. Absolute joke, that guy. But, uh, yeah. Um, this person who shall remain nameless, not not exactly a huge fan of uh, Boomer Sison. Let's uh, put it that way. Yeah, but what's crazy is that the, their salaries for a guy that's a terrible tipper. I mean, the, these guys must be making, like you said, the, the show's number one rated Big in bank. the morning, so they must be they must be making some millions uh, upon millions. Oh, I'm sure billions and billions. I'm sure they're making a pretty penny, sir. I'm absolutely sure. And that's the thing I don't understand. Like, Mike talks about how podcasts are the wave of the future. Well, why are we not making money on our podcast? Yeah, all right, we're, we're extremely inconsistent with it, but that's a whole other side story. If we were making money, we wouldn't be inconsistent. I mean, there was a time where, without fail, we were on every Tuesday. Hell, we did twice a week at one point. I mean, we, you know, we were on pace with 500 episodes by now, but, you know, things slowed down. Real life caught up to us, and we decided uh, what, what complete under losers we were, so we decided to have a life. But, it just baffles me how these people make all this money, and you know, still we can't get anyone to listen to our show. As far as yeah. you know, a Dave, a Dave Lagreca or a Doug Mortman or something like that. Good segue into the wrestling, sir, because uh, since nobody listens, let's talk about wrestling. But I, I have to ask one more time because it's it's actually <laughs> this Friday. Nothing. It's this Friday, June third. Oh, is it Woodridge, this Friday? Oh my gosh! I Woodridge completely forgot. Him. Holy crap! <laughs> where Woodridge, I am Wood, be where, doing... Woodridge. Where's Woodridge? Yeah, Woodridge. Yes, where like I right live. Right by my Dave. house, Woodridge? <laughs> no. Wait, how much are the tickets to this con? Wait, Woodridge or Woodbridge? 
No, Woodridge, where I live, Dave. You realize that Woodridge is right by my house, like five minutes away. So wait, how much are the tickets to this thing? And, and why don't you promote that for a second? You let, Tell the non-listening Pure Gold audience and nobody that's listening out there, tell us about it, <laughs> sir. And well, like, give well, me the price so I can decide if I'm going or not. Tickets are $20, and you're guaranteed a ring-side oh seat if you know me. Go to <laughs> if you know hell. me. And I'm doing the color commentating, which is going to be a great event. Oh, and that's going to be awful, know, by the way. And the big... T- the big talent that's going to be there is uh, obviously the big butt uh, that everyone knows about is Rikishi will be there in action. Uh, you know, the uh, oh, father boy. of of the Usos and the uh, cousins to the Rock. Uso number one and Uso number two. <laughs> exactly. I did it so you, have Rick- you have the, the former teacher that was fired from both teaching and wrestling, Matt Stryker, will Matt be there. Matt Stryker? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. you got to get these guys on our show. Uh What's the name of the promotion that's running this, sir? The promotion is, uh, I believe, FCW. Wait, hold on a second. So you're telling me that you're going to be announcing for these people and you don't even know the name of the promotion. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm pulling it up now. <laughs> what an absolute joke. Wait, you, you, tell me, you're a disgrace. You oh, are it's, an it's, absolute pure and utter it's disgrace. G- it's it's a GCW. Remember the Patriot, by the way? Oh, you were close. Of course. Remember, remember the Patriot? Of course. I forget his name. Uh, Dell Banks? No, Dell yeah, something. Be, yeah, he'll be there. But the biggest... The biggest Del two Wilkes. Names besides, there you go. Del Wilkes. The, uh, the biggest two names besides uh, Rikishi um, is... Yeah, I'm here. Are you there? Sir? Yeah, are you there? Uh, Joe? Yeah, I'm here. I'm you still here. there? Yep. Hey, hello. Hello. This is going to go really well when we listen to it. Should I call back in? Hello? Dave, you there? Dave, call back in if you hear this, because I was just calling and plug my wrestling. Hello? Well, while we wait for Dave to call back in, uh, let me just say that GCW is this... This Friday, June 3rd, it's, uh, again, GCW. Hey, you're back. How do you not know the name? Explain to me. How do you not know the name <laughs> of this company? You're going to do color. You are scum. You are pure scum, sir. You're going to do That's color commentary for them. You don't even know what the hell is going on. That's awful. So the big yeah, names, you said um, Del, the Patriot and uh, who else? Mel Matt, Gibson? Matt Stryker. going to be there? Matt Stryker, Rikishi. And the biggest two names right now is from TNA because I guess they have an open contract. Uh, Abyss will be there taking on Crowbar. Of course, because TNA is not paying them. So, you know, right. you got to make sure you get paid somehow. So you got Crowbar versus a. Um, you remember Crowbar by chance? Of course. Yeah, of course. He was yeah. uh, teamed up with Daphne and, you know, back yeah. in the days in WCW. The Hit Squad. I'm not sure if you remember the Hit Squad. Dark City Fight Club. What the hell? Are these made up names? Is, are these real people? Who the hell is. Uh, these are real people. The so, Hit uh, Squad? So, yeah, the Hit Squad. Wow, awful. And who so else? Anyway, I mean, I thought you were going to tell me big name people, so I thought you were going to tell me Kevin Nash was going to be there, Scott Hall was going to be there, uh, you know, Jacob Hank Roberts is going to be there. I mean, the, the, these are the kind of people I thought you were. The Rock, I thought he was going to be there. Cody Rhodes, I thought he was going to be there. Yeah, before we get to that, let, let me just say that <laughs> I, I need you to come on Friday, uh, this Friday, for $20 to come support and uh, definitely come out and have a good time. Yeah, I go to hell. Um, listen, so uh, is Kevin Knight going? Not Kevin Knight. What's his name? Uh, Ken Reedy or Pat the Fat? Are these guys going? 
Yeah, Ken Reedy said he's coming, so uh, we'll, we'll see. I don't know about Pat, but I know Ken's I get to coming. see. I haven't seen Ken in so many years. I get to see him. He's the American Bulldog. I mean, this guy is absolutely, you know, a machine, <laughs> a monster over in uh, the IWF. I've heard that he's a multiple-time uh, IWF heavyweight champion, and he's got the 1986 uh, world title on his waist, if I'm not mistaken, sir. You know, after talking to the promoter, which is uh, his name is Ricky, um, who knows a lot about wrestling and actually knows a lot of these guys, which, you know, again – uh, I talked to Ricky, and he tells me about these stories about these wrestlers that, you know, these are the stories that you don't want to hear because, like, when when you think about these guys being scum, he told me that, listen to this, you want to laugh for about five minutes? He told me that if if you had your wallet, if you, if you take your wallet out to buy a drink, say you do drink, because I know you don't drink, but say you get a beer, yeah. then, then the rest of the night that if you're hanging out with, with these wrestler guys, they're going to actually mooch off of you the whole night. They're going to take advantage of you because they know that you're a fan, and they're going to want you to buy their drinks all night. And he said even people like Hulk Hogan, you got to watch your wallet with him around. Because no, he's actually, get that. Not Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is crazy stuff that you, you hear these stories. So I was like, I was thinking to myself. Wait, so share, share with us. I mean, I don't want you to name names of people like if it's something you shouldn't be sharing, but tell yeah. us some, some of the stories you've heard other than like mooching off of people. You know, because, I mean, I could say you mooch off people. I remember the time we went to Biggie's. I mean, you got dr- drunk out of your mind, and I ended up paying for it. So let's let's talk about mooching. Let's talk, or talk about something else. Damn well, I, I know that another story is that these guys, um, they, they they really are, they're really not nice guys. I mean, that's what the bottom line is, that these guys, you know, that they, they really, they try to take your money. I mean, that's the way Ricky explained it to me. So, if you want to meet somebody like Shawn Michaels, I'm sure that he's a nice guy. But like you, you know, you talk about Scott Hall and Kevin Nash; these guys are just not the friendliest of of guys, to be honest with you. They, you know, they don't seem like they would be, to be honest. With you. I don't think that a Kevin Nash. He just seems like he'd be a jerk, unless you're like really good friends with him, which of course he's probably great to people like that. I just don't think he would be uh, the best in the world. Let's put it that way. He's not the best in the world at what he does. No, he's definitely not. So June 3rd, if you have time, if you have some free time, come out and support. It's definitely going to be a good time. And I guarantee you, if you do come to the event, we will get some big names because uh, Ricky wants to talk to us in person after the show's over and talk about who who do we want. And he'll, we just have to give him a wish list, and he'll get us on. He'll get he'll get these people on our show. He said it. He guaranteed it. Well, we'll see about that. I mean, you, you don't even know the name of the guy's uh, promotion, so I don't know how, how reliable that is. Hey, uh, hey, Ralph, can you get can you get Scott Hall on the show? Who the hell's Ralph? Oh, uh, what's your name again? Uh, 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 oh, Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Sorry. Yeah. Go to hell. You're you're unbelievable. You, you know, I, I'm sorry, but I gotta I gotta say this because you absolutely this is you right here. Go to hell. All right, That's how I feel about you. I mean, you absolutely. You make us all sick. Hey, Dave. I'll tell you this much. I know your birthday's coming up. Maybe I'll pay half of your ticket. You know. Uh, oh wow, that up. is that's <laughs> got to be the nicest thing I've ever heard. You know, as a matter of fact, just for that, uh, how, you know, just for that, I think I may actually show up just so that uh, I can tell you this when I see you. Shame on you. Shame on you. So let's let's really talk about real wrestling. Again, June 3rd, this Friday, come out and support at the Woodbridge Oh, jeez. 
Would you stop it? You're over here shilling for this company. You don't even know the name of it. The best part, folks, is that this guy's over here like, yeah, let's talk about real wrestling. Oh, by the way, June 3rd, come to this show. That I'm... The only reason you should come is because I'm doing color commentary. How the hell did they decide you would do color commentary? I mean, that's the part that makes me sick. You know, this guy can't even uh, – the, 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 you know what color commentary is for you? The way that you pretty much single-handedly sabotage both of our, uh, our fantasy phenom auditions. Uh, just uh, let's throw that out there. That's color commentary for you, dirtbag. Anyway, you, you mentioned about Cody Rhodes and the unfortunate departure from the WWE. Give us your uh, take, and uh, let's talk about the wrestling in general, because uh, the unfortunate brand extension has been announced, and uh, it's coming soon, June or July 19th, I believe so. It's coming June 3rd to a GCW. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so gonna Cody be Rhodes, no. Well, no, Cody Rhodes, I think that's, but he's actually better off. Did you see who his first opponent announced is going to be, sir? Kurt Angle? Kirk Angel. Unbelievable. And that, that's a great match if can, uh, you know, keep his head in the game. But I think the fact that he wrote that scathing report, he basically said that the, the head writers of these shows are more interested in trying to pick up divas than they are uh, write good programming. The fact that he basically had been begging like an absolute dog, like a dog, to get back in as Cody Rose and get rid of the Stardust gimmick, and they refused to give it to him. They were going to let him do it, but they changed their minds. I mean, to me, I'm glad he's gone for his own sake. I think that Cody has a world of talent. I still remember him cutting a promo, as I call it, a face promo, during his dad's induction into the WWE Hall of uh, Fame, or Hall of Shame, depending on how you look at it. I'm not glad this guy can cut a promo. He's got a good look to him. Um, you know, he, he saddled with a bunch of bad gimmicks. He could have been better than what he was, to be honest with you. And um, to me, it's a shame that they, they let him go and they forced him to ask for his release. His wife is gone. I mean, you know, the, the Rose legacy is pretty much done because you can't count Goldust as part of that. That's another joke. Um, but the fact that, you know, Cody left – Basically, you know, I'm not going to do a podcast. I'm not going to do this. Here, I'm going to tell like it is right now and then be done with it. And I think it's good that he did that, but he kind of gave you an insight into the business to see just how they think and how they are. And Basically, they were loyal to Dusty but not to Cody. So um, it's a shame. I mean, I, I really think he could have done better. So I really think he has a lot more potential than um, than what he was able to fulfill in the company, sir. Is it possible that – like uh, his his other his brother Dusty Dustin Rhodes is like this. Um, all he cares about is himself and his money because like after what happened to him and I think his career is winding down. Even though he's got this new thing with our uh, truth, don't you think that he should stick up for his brother and he should have left too? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's an individual thing. It's not like it's not like they fired Cody. It's not like they forced him out. I mean, he was in the contract. He he asked for his release. I just think that, you know, they kind of screwed him over. I don't, But I don't think this is some sort of like, you know, Bret Hart, Montreal Screwjob, where if I'm Owen Hart, I, I would have quit. If I was, uh, you know, Davey Boy Smith, I would have quit. I think it's different, to be honest with you. I mean, that's just me. Okay, so... Besides Cody Rhodes, I mean, you have like people like Wade Barrett having enough. I mean, I, I don't. I, the bottom line comes down to this: is that Vince McMahon just doesn't care, and you know, he he cares to an extent, but he doesn't really care to what the fans really want. I mean, I think he tries to outsmart the smart fans, and that's what his gimmick right. is. I mean, he he just loves outsmarting the smart fans, and he thinks that he smart. gets he gets over on us that way. But I think in the end, he just ends up 
doing things really ass backwards. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. No, I, I totally agree with you. I actually think you're right. And, and the, the fact that he thinks that there's enough talent and the reason why he thinks that people don't get on, on airtime, which is probably, to me, a poor mismanagement of time and actually cutting, uh, doing a, uh, a better structure of Raw and SmackDown, his idea of actually showing and displaying talent is to split the show up again and have this brand extension starting J- July 19th, uh, SmackDown goes live. Even though SmackDown's only two hours and Raw is three, right. three hours plus, they think that they're going to solve their issues with people actually watching only one of the two shows or watching both. It's a lot of wrestling for two day, two nights in a row. And then when you add pay-per-view, like you said, uh, that's like nine hours of wrestling. I'm, I, as big yeah. of a wrestling fan that I used to be, I'm not watching nine hours of wrestling um, live. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, you know you're going to be DVRing everything, but I think that's kind of the whole issue is the fact that they're not – I mean, you know what that is? And it dawned on me, nine hours of pro wrestling in the evening. Like, I mean, I have kids. I have, other, I have better things to do. But two nights in a row is too much. Five hours is too much. When you add those pay-per-view, I mean, that's brutal. That's honestly a brutal – and imagine – could you imagine WrestleMania? You're talking like, what, 10, 11, 12 hours of wrestling? I mean, that's insane. You're going to sit there and watch all that stuff. You're talking, 11, you know, 5, 10, you know, 10 hours. That's way too much wrestling in a three-day span. And it's going to be every three weeks. I mean, every month. It's honestly just too much, and I don't understand what they're thinking. Raw should definitely be two hours. SmackDown should be two hours. If they're going to keep people on specific brands, how are you going to stretch feuds out? See, I know you're not a big fan of the uh, two world titles, which I understand, mostly because you're cheap and you don't want to have to buy, be forced to buy another title, which, of course, you would do, and only you would force yourself to do it because nobody's forcing you. But the fact that, um, you know, you're going to have these freaking battle royal number one contenders, these bootleg King of the Ring tournaments, every month one of the shows is going to be doing a number one contender tournament or Battle Royal to determine the number one contender every single month. It's going to get old quick because the brand that doesn't have the title match that month is going to be forced to come up with a number one contender for the following month. How are you supposed to get a feud going with, with Roman Reigns or whoever's champion if you're not going to see a guy? If Roman can float on both shows, fine. But how is he going to be feuding with two guys at once, or how is he going to pick up a feud? Let's say he does, AJ Styles is on SmackDown. He feuds against him. He beats him. The next month he's got to fight... Um, I don't know, Dolph Ziggler on Raw for the title. How do you feud, go from one feud to the other? There's no sort of uh, continuity. And that's the only reason I think there should be two world titles because I just don't... To me, the alternative is so bad that I can't imagine them doing anything else. But again, that's just yeah. me, sir. No, I hear you. And, you know, if anything, and you talk about me wanting to buy, I have to, having to force to buy another belt, I, I think what they're just going to do is just bring back the big gold. I mean, that's the easy solution. But, again... <laughs> If you bring the big gold and you say that the big gold is now the world championship for SmackDown, for example, I mean, that to me says B-show all over because, A, it's a two-hour show, not three-hour show, and, and two, it's a made-up title once again after they spent so much time unifying it. Do you remember 2013, at the end of 2013, John Cena and Randy Orton decided to unify the title? I mean, right. There, there had to be a reason why they decided to end the brand extensions Back then, uh, did well, they learn work. from their mistakes? Obviously, they didn't. Live, they didn't learn from their mistakes. Obviously, definitely, maybe. So, do you think? I mean, when this happens, I, I, the only plus, I guess, is that you have Shane running one show, and you're going to have Stephanie run the other show. 
but again, uh, who I'm tired of seeing Stephanie on TV already. Uh, Shane is a is is pretty cool, but again, w- they're not going to be feuding against each other because they're brand extension. So that means that there's no there's no crossover storyline. So Shane runs his show, and Stephanie runs her show, and we'll see you at the pay per view. I mean, how does that actually work? I don't know how WrestleMania is going to work. I don't know how the Royal Rumble is going to work. Money in the bank. The all thing those is, Joe, I hate to cut you off. I don't think they know how this is going to work, and I don't think this is thought through at all. I think that segment yesterday with New Day was perfect encapsulation, a legitimate encapsulation of them not thinking this through. And I, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. I'm afraid of the hot mess that the WWE is going to become with the brand extension. They don't have enough talent. It was hard enough in the in 2000s, the early 2000s with the brand extension when they had guys like The Rock who was still, you know, basically full-time. You still had Austin who hadn't retired yet or been forced to retire. You had Edge. You had Triple H in his prime. You had all these guys, Taker who was wrestling all the time, all these guys, and you did a brand extension. And now you have none of those guys. You have no talent, no main event talent. So how is it that you're going to – you know, how are you going to do this? How is this going to happen? That's my concern. It's definitely a concern. And again, there's no way. I understand making the show SmackDown Live is going to, is going to freshen things up a little bit. But to me, you could have kept the, the roster together and had the same way and just make Raw, you know, Raw two hours, SmackDown two hours, have one show run by Stephanie and one show run by, by um, what's his name, Shane, right? You didn't have to do a brand extension. Yeah, that's I mean, his name. To, to do a brand extension is just going backwards, I think. So <coughs> I agree. Makes sense. Makes no sense. And then the fact that you know Vince is like hell bent on doing this brand extension, thinking that it's going to work, or it didn't work the first time, like you said, when they had much more talent back then, and now they're going to do it this time. I, <laughs> I don't know. I think that this is the end of wrestling <laughs> as we know it. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure if, if they can get you to quit, then they've done their job, so that's all I can tell you. They've definitely done their job. Let's get to the Nuggets, because I know you have a lot of Nuggets. Um, you want to talk about, like, all these Captain America, Dory, uh, Finding Dory, all that good stuff. Go ahead. What's up with uh, oh, Captain America? Well, I, wa- I wanted to talk about the fact that I don't know if you knew this, but of course you didn't because you don't pay attention to any of it. Now, the new thing in Marvel is that they're basically making Captain America an agent of Hydra, but it's not some sort of like, you know, he's been brainwashed or anything. This is the actual Captain America. And the twist in the story is that the the whole gimmick is that he's been bad guy forever, meaning he was a sleeper agent from day one. They recruited him when he was a child through his mom. And they're saying that Captain America, AKA Steve Rogers has been evil since he was first created which is insane because, of course, he was created by two Jewish guys because back in the day, those were pretty much the ones who ran, you know, Marvel Comics, Stan Lee, guys like that. Um, And even DC with uh, Joel, you know, Siegel and uh, Jerry Schuster who created uh, Superman. You know, a lot of Jewish guys back in the day. I mean, one of the most famous iconic images in comic book history is Captain America punching Hitler in the face, you know, during World War II, which is, of course, when around the time period where he was created – but, you know, the the Nazis and Hydra have kind of been synonymous with each other. I mean, the Nazis exist in the Marvel Universe, but Hydra kind of became Nazis and, you know, by default. So now they're saying that Cap is a bad guy. He's been a bad guy forever. It's To me, this is such a bad idea. It's just reeks of cheap marketing, a cheap pop, trying to get people interested and get them talking. And it just makes no sense. And it's just stupid and it's asinine. And I'm sure a lot of people have stopped collecting. They're not going to collect. And I think this is going to be a move that blows up in Marvel's face. Instead of making it more interesting, I think they're just going to ruin what they have left. So, so I just want to throw that out there. And, uh, I mean, I know you're not a comic book fan, but uh, what do you think? about that 
Yeah, but uh, I'm not a comic book fan like you are, but I see parallels to what you're saying with even, like, um, for example, like the Star Trek movie that's coming out. What they did was they basically altered the universe, of the, or altered the timeline, uh, and made, like, these all new these storylines up for this new generation. And I think that's what they're doing with, with comic books, which I think is, is kind of dumb to rewrite the storyline uh, or rewrite the, the history of these comic books. Uh, just to sell more comic books. I mean, they they have no originality, and I think that that's right. their problem, you know? And uh, Definitely no originality. And the thing with Cap that gets me is that clearly he's been a good guy forever. He's um, defeated Hydra so many times and stopped them from, you know, taking over the world. So how do you explain that he's been a Hydra agent since day one? I think that's the part that they don't think about. Yeah, they don't. And uh, I think that all they do is they think that's a new generation of kids and that they, they won't understand, they won't appreciate the history of what Captain America really was, and they, they just think that this is an easy way to make a, a, another buck by just rewriting history. And I think that they do that with, I don't know if you follow the Star Trek series, the new Star Trek series at all. Um, I've, I've watched it, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you know that they've rewritten like the storyline in terms of like even Spock um, dying, I mean, uh, Captain Kirk dying instead of Spock, and, they, you know, Khan came back and he killed um, Kirk instead of Spock and all that kind of stuff. So Right, right, it, right. It, you know, and they're doing another movie, um, which is coming out in July, I believe, which is called Star Trek Beyond, and this is supposed to, again, the ship, for me, in terms of just the, the movie, the, the ship gets destroyed every movie now, and that to me is overkill. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I agree with that. But, I totally agree yeah. with that, sir. So, in terms of Captain America, does this play into what you were going to mention about Supergirl? Like, they were doing the same thing with her, or you were the... No, 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 no. I just wanted to mention no. the fact that, you know, Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, all those shows are over. Um, Legends yeah. of Tomorrow, which is actually better than I thought it was going to be. You know, those three shows, have, three of those shows have been on the CW since they started, and now Supergirl yeah. is actually moving to the CW, which is the station that it should have been in the first place. Uh, they were able to cross over with Flash and, and Supergirl, and now she's going to be a part of their universe, even though they're on par- on different Earths. So I think they're going to have to somehow remedy that situation, which may tie into the end of the Flash season two, uh, where he goes back in time and erases a huge event from happening and changes the timeline. But I think it's cool that Supergirl's finally on the CW. I think it's going to be interesting because they've already announced a big four-power four-part crossover with all four shows, so Supergirl is going to be able to, you know, intermingle with them, so I just think this is a great move. I think it's going to make comic book TV that much more interesting, and basically, um, CW is going to have a comic book show on every night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I mean, Supergirl Monday, then Flash on Tuesday, Arrow on Wednesday, and Legends of Tomorrow on Thursday. I mean, that may be overkill, but it definitely is going to be interesting for fans of those shows there. So did the CBS um, sell it to CW, or how, how did that happen? Well, the CW is actually half owned by CBS. Warner Brothers and CBS own the CW, um, and they were able to kind of like transfer. But apparently it's weird that CBS has come out and said if if CW hadn't picked it up, then they would have picked it up again, which makes no sense. The only difference, of course, is that the CW is a lower-budget show uh, programming station than – 
you know, the CBS, so there's going to be a drop in quality in terms of the budget. But I think they can make up for that. I mean, they're going to be filming in uh, Vancouver, which is where all these shows film, versus Los Angeles, which is where um, Supergirl filmed. So if they can cut back Callista Flockhart's role and they can make some changes, they'll be able to still have good effects and everything because Flash has great special effects um, to be able to keep those shows on. So I'm looking forward to how they're going to make these shows work for, for this upcoming season, sir. I think it's going to be fascinating, to be honest with you. The fact that CW does all, all these comic book shows now on their channel, does this mean that uh, Gotham on Fox is in trouble? Or do you think that that's a standalone No, no, show? I think Gotham is a standalone show, and I think it's been doing okay, so I don't think that's ever going to happen. I mean, this, it's on their third season now or the second season for Gotham? Is it the second um, season? This Gotham second year is this year, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, have you followed it at all, or you you really haven't really followed that one? Um, no, I don't like Gotham. It's just not interesting to me. The whole Bruce Wayne being a child and all these villains, you know, before he becomes Batman, it's just not interesting to me. Yeah. Okay. And what, what I mean on the, on my rundown here, Finding Dory. I mean, is, are you gonna rip it? I hope you don't, because my daughter's not listening. But you know, we, I definitely want to go see that movie. <laughs> Well, uh, there's this whole new controversy over Finding Dory because there's um, a thing on Yahoo, if you look it up, where they think that Pixar's first lesbian couple is in this movie. There's a scene where um, two women are in the um, zoo or whatever, and they Ocean. have a baby stroller. And No, it's adults. Not, it's not like it's people. It's oh. not like it's uh, animals. And they oh. have, um, you know, a baby stroller or whatever, and the, one of the the women goes to, like, feed the baby, and it turns out to be an octopus or something like that. But I don't know what role these women have. I don't know if it's just an offhanded thing. But it's been a big mm-hmm. deal because people are pushing, like, this is the lesbian couple, first lesbian couple. But, I mean, from what I look at it, there's no wedding rings on either finger. There's I don't think that they're going to go the route of saying that they're lesbians, and they could just be – I mean – I don't know about you, but women do this type more so than men. They might do this type of stuff all the time, like a friend and you know two best friends with one with the kids of one of them or both of their kids will go to the zoo together. You know, women do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, two two girls, two buddies, two pal sisters. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be lesbian. You know, couple. So I think that right. people tend to overreact to these things. But I thought it was interesting, and I wonder if it's going to be addressed. And there, I don't know if you knew this, but there's a big thing on Twitter. Uh, hashtag give Elsa a girlfriend and hashtag give Cap a boyfriend where they're trying to make Elsa a lesbian for Frozen 2. And not not Disney, but people are trying to push it and they're trying to say that Jay, uh, Bucky and Cap should be gay lovers and they're trying to push the whole gay boyfriend thing on Cap. So I just, I don't understand what's wrong with people and why they have to push these agendas, but that's kind of where I wanted to go with that, sir. You know, give me your, give me your take on it. Yeah, to push... Those type of topics on cartoons for kids, uh, to me, is just uh, that's that's typical of our society these days, right? I mean, instead of entertainment, we're trying to push these uh, these hidden undertones, like you know, promoting lesbians on 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 cartoons and and Pixar or whatever. That 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 to me is a bit much. I mean, I, I don't think kids will pick up on that kind of stuff when they go watch the movie, but like when you actually start diving deep into these things. Uh, it's really interesting to note that. Hello? Um, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, were we saying we just dive deep? What? No, I'm yeah. saying when you dive deep into these these uh, these controversial su- subjects, um, it's really interesting because like I I would never think to to even think about that kind of stuff. I- I'm going to watch a movie, the sequel of 
of Finding Nemo, and then you're telling me all these undertones. It's really incredible to think that the, the people have these kind of agendas. Yeah, I mean, there's agendas out there, which I don't know if it's the companies or if it's the people, but I don't understand why people have to force these things on kids. Like, why? What's the purpose of it? You know, you just want to have a gay couple in Pixar. You want to have this, you want to have that. But you don't think of it, you're trying to indoctrinate it. And I get from the reverse to thinking, well, you're indoctrinating them with straight relationships. But, you know, that's the way that they've always been written. So now you're trying to change these, these stories to fit some sort of agenda you have. So that's the only thing. I think people yeah. need to calm down. They do. So uh, when's the next time we're going to talk? Uh, I'll see you on Friday, and then we'll talk at the All-Star break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something like that, sir. Um, why don't you uh, close us out? Because I'm I'm about to pass out, sir. Yeah, I mean, folks, uh, this has been a great show. I mean, the range. The only thing that we haven't talked about is politics. So I'll just mention that Trump is your official Republican nominee for the uh, Republican Party, and uh, you know, <laughs> I actually expect him to win the uh, the president of the United States in this November. Me and Mike Francesa are the probably the only people that actually think that Trump will actually make a a decent president versus a a trying, a cheating, lying witch of a woman of Hillary Clinton. So uh, as much as people want to see the first woman president of the United States, it's not going to happen this year, folks. Donald Trump, la 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 la, lock it up. He's going to be your next president on November 8th, 2016. Uh, How's yeah, we'll see about that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I got to throw some politics in. The range tonight has been incredible between talking about, you know, like lesbians on a cartoon to uh, talking about medicine, talking about wrestling, that I have no idea that I'm promoting a show on this Friday. GCW has been incredible. So thanks for listening. I don't even know our call-in number. So, uh, you know, for, for JB, this is DG, and you guys all have a great night. We'll we'll talk to you soon, and hopefully we'll get some guests uh, lined up so that you can actually call in and uh, the show will be interactive as opposed to a glorified phone call at midnight. <laughs> um, and I'm tired. <laughs> Yeah, good stuff as always, sir. Folks, uh, tune in next week. Uh, Hopefully we'll be on the air trying to get Julie Bueller, trying to get uh, Nikki Boyer. I'm trying to get people, Pete McCarthy. Um, One of these days I'm going to get a guest, so uh, just tune in and check us out. Woo! Have a wonderful evening. Wait, uh, where's this thing? I always forget. I got to... No, wait a second. No, wait a second, Dave. Wait, Dave. First of all, wait first of all. Wait a second. Wait a second, David. For a second. Let me... Wait a second. You... What's the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. Yes, we are, Nikki. If we were so awesome, you'd come back on the show. Stop avoiding us. Have a good night, folks. Woo! Good. Woo! Woo!